Hey, hey, I hope you're all having a great day in the Lord, everyone. This is your ukulele playing pastor host coming at you on another edition of the Shepherd's Herald, brought to you by the good folks of Lamb of God Lutheran Church, located at 57210 Allen Road, right here in Slidell, Louisiana. Um, I am Pastor Eric Clemmy, and welcome to the show. And today we're going to be talking about misplaced trust misplaced trust we sinful humans do it all the time don't we we put our trust in men in a cult of personality in pastors and teachers and presidents and leaders of all kinds to fulfill our needs we have high lofty expectations of these sinful fallen corrupt human beings and we think that they're going to solve all our woes. But what happens when they do not live up to our lofty expectations? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about here today in the three readings for this coming Sunday, which is the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany. And uh, the first one, the Old Testament lesson, is taken from Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. I will be reading this one today. The other two, the epistle, is from... 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 20. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 20. And again, the gospel is Luke 6, 17 through 26. That's Luke 6, 17 through 26. So we're going to be talking about what misplaced trust is and what well-placed trust is really, really all about. So, hear the words of the Lord from Jeremiah, the 17th chapter. This is what it says. Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert, and he shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited salt land. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends its roots out by the stream, and it does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here we have God through the prophet Jeremiah. We were looking at the prophetic task these last couple of weeks. Well, here's Jeremiah doing a prophetic task by going to the kings of Judah and his court and the people of Judah. And he's telling them that their trust is deeply, deeply misplaced. They were trusting in their king with the peace treaties that he was developing with safety and security that he promised to bring, and they turned their eyes off of Jesus, off of God, really, and the covenant, off the coming Messiah, who is Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, the Christ, the Messiah of God. They abandoned the covenant promises that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They refused to repent. They thought that by putting their trust in a king, and his son of man, 
that everything would go right. All they had to do was continue to, you know, give lip service to God and go to the temple and burn some incense, make some offering, a sacrifice, pay a tithe, whatever the case might be, and go through the motions, and then they were free to pretty well do and live however they wanted. But their trust was really not in the Lord. They were not worshiping God in spirit or in truth. They were simply going through the motions of a tradition. And what is God saying here? He's saying, don't ever trust humans. Humans are pretty worthless. We will hurt one another. I'll tell you right now, I have had many people in my 28 years in ministry that have put their trust in me. Oh, they think I'm a dynamo. I'm a creative dynamo. I'm some kind of creative genius and that I've got such charisma and such personality that people are just going to listen to me and hang on every word that I comes out of my mouth. I've had members and congregations come up to me and go, Pastor, under your tutelage, under your supervision, with your dynamic, charismatic personality, this church is bound to grow. Oh, we're going to see happy days. But what happens if it doesn't happen that way? What happens if the church does not grow because of my efforts? then I am just the scapegoat as well. Then I am the one who has fallen from grace off of some big, tall pedestal that others have put me on. We, as humans, like a cult of personality. We love to worship our idols, our song stars, our sports stars, our television and movie stars, our politicians, anybody who's rich and famous, we idolize, and we may look to them as we look to God. This is where the idolization comes in. Idol is a false god. I can guarantee you this. If any of my members at Lamb of God, as in any congregation I've ever served, if you put your faith and trust in me, I will disappoint you. I will fail. I will not always live up to those lofty expectations that you may have of me because I am a sinful and unclean man. A man of unclean heart and mind and unclean lips living amongst the people of unclean hearts and minds and lips. There is only one perfect being in whom that we put all of our trust, that we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. If we acknowledge the Lord in all our paths, he will make our ways straight for us. Now, what does Jeremiah say here about a man who puts his trust in another man or a person who puts their trust in a person. They will be like a shrub in the desert and no good will come of their life. You ever see a shrub in the desert? It's dried up, it's parched, it's lifeless, it's dead. They will dwell in parched places and uninhabited salt lands. What a desolate picture that God paints for us through Jeremiah. 
That is what happens when we put our trust in pastors or fallen human sinful beings. Psalm 146.3 really sums it all up. This is one of my favorite passages, and it's so apt for so many of us today. Do not put your trust in princes, in a son of man who cannot save and has no hope. On the day he dies, his plans die with him. In Revelation, we're introduced to a beast out of the sea. This Leviathan, this beast out of the sea, is all political governments of all time and space who's ever set themselves up contrary to God and his word, who want to take our focus off of God's promises <clears throat> the same way as what was happening in Judah all those thousands of years ago, and put it on the king, put it on the president, put it on political parties, put it on treaties and, and all sorts of things. That's going to give us life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's going to give us all the security and safety and prosperity we could ever hope for. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end... It only leads to death. Proverbs 14, 12. Faith in human reason, in scientivism, in philosophies, and human-made religion is just as bad as putting your trust in a fallen human. Reason and science say, for example, that the dead do not rise. This is what was happening in 1 Corinthians 15. Many of the people in Corinth, and this was a very troubled and divided congregation, were teaching that the resurrection does not happen because it goes contrary to science and reason. The dead simply just do not get up and live again. Even the ancients knew that. It's the same thing that science and everything tells us today as well, and yet it cannot be proven empirically by the scientific method in a laboratory that it can or cannot happen. It always comes down to a matter of trust, of faith. And we get that faith by grace, through faith, in the justification that has been won for us, in the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What does Paul say? If Christ has not been raised then we are still in our sin. And if we're still in our sin, that means we're still unforgiven under the letter of the law and that our faith is worthless and that we have suffered much for nothing and therefore we are be the pitied of all people. But we know that by grace through faith, Christ did rise from the dead, that he is the firstborn of the dead, that our sins are truly forgiven, and that we have a sure and certain hope and an eternal perspective that has been given us by grace through faith in this Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is not in our works, this is not in our observance of the law, it is not in our choice, our decision, our reason. It is in the will of God, the Father alone, through his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, in the gospel lesson for today, Jesus teaches us God's way. 
In Luke, at the sixth chapter, we see an abbreviated list of Beatitudes. There's four blessings that are given here. And he includes, as St. Matthew did in his Gospel account in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount with the full nine Beatitudes, suffering and persecution on account of the name of Jesus Christ. How does Luke put it here? Rejoice and be glad. Dance for joy. This is what he has to say. Um, Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. No, we fight a good fight of the faith, as I mentioned last week in, in the message. Not dance to good dance or have the prosperity of prosperities of the faith, but we fight the good fight of the faith. We have this list of beatitudes, and it's contrasted with a list of woes. So first we have blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and everything that I just read, for such they did to the prophets who were before you. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. But look at what happens to the people who put their trust in themselves, put their trust in presidents and princes, Pastors and teachers and a human and a son of man who cannot save. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be eternally hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when speak, people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. These false prophets who told the people whatever it is their itching ears wanted to hear. The same kind of prosperity theology, happiness theology, and bogus Kabbalah that is with us even unto this very day. That says that if we love God, we will be blessed. We will have happiness. We will have prosperity. We will get ten Twenty, a hundredfold back in blessings and dispensations from the Lord God Almighty. B.S. Yes, B.S. None of that is said anywhere in all of the Word of God. Nowhere. We see the exact opposite. Here, Jesus is contrasting human folly, human wisdom, human trust in other people, in themselves, in their riches, with true trust, well-placed trust. And it flies diametrically opposed to our sinful nature and that way that seems right to a man, but in the end it only leads to death. Again, Proverbs 14, 12. Woe to the rich! For they've received their consolation. Woe to those who are satisfied, for they will be hungry for all eternity. Woe to you who laugh now, 
for you shall mourn and weep, and woe when people speak well of you. Build your ego up. For so they did the fathers, uh, so they did their fathers to the false prophets. But blessed are we when we remain firmly trusting in our Lord Jesus Christ. For eternal blessings are ours, and that eternal perspective is ours, and we live not trusting in pastors. I tell you, and I'll say it again, I've got people that think that at times I could just walk on water and that everything that comes out of my mouth is just golden. If anything golden comes out of this mouth of mine, it is only the Word of God. It is only that which the Holy Spirit uses, as he used Jeremiah or any other prophet to proclaim God's Word. Apart from that, there is nothing but skabala that comes out of this mouth, from this heart, from this mind. Please, do not put your trust in me, or presidents, or princes, and not even yourself, for you will disappoint yourself. I'm watching the Olympics and these athletes who want perfection, gotta have perfection all the time, are making mistakes. They're falling flat on their face on the ice. They're falling down on their butts coming down the ski slopes. They're losing. And then people wonder, but they're such perfect performers. They're so perfect. Then they can't handle it when they're not perfect. And they didn't even live up to their own lofty goals and expectations, but have fallen short. This is what God says to us in Romans. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. There is no perfect human. There is no perfect God except the God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in Him, and in Him alone, do we place our trust. For what is the world to me? That's the hymn I'm going to sing today. What is the world to me with all its vaunted pleasure when you and you alone, Lord Jesus Christ, are my treasure? You only, dearest Lord, my soul's delight shall be. You are my peace and my rest. What is the world to me? As Christians were sojourners, strangers in a strange land, aliens in a weird world and nation, our true citizenship lies in heaven and in heaven alone. That is where we're going to have our best life. Not now. We're not having our best life now in this world, no matter what any false prophet has to say. We have our best life only by grace through faith in our risen and ascended victorious Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who bled and died for you, bled and died for me and for all people so that we may have life in his name and therefore where do we place our trust through the means of grace of word and sacrament we keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ the author and the perfecter of our faith so now I'm going to play what is the world to me number 730 from the Lutheran service book those of you who are members of Lamb of God, please turn your uh, hymnal open to that and follow along. 
Uh, here it is. This sums it up. What is the world to me with all its vaunted pleasures? It means nothing. Truly, I tell you, you have your reward in full, but our reward is coming in the heavenly feast of the Lamb, in his kingdom which has no end. Now receive the benediction of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look with favor upon you and grant you his everlasting peace. Amen. Tune in later for another edition of the Eric the Rev and his podcast. Uh, I'm going to be looking at uh, a song I wrote called Makes You Lose Your Mind talking about our culture and our world today and truly when we turn on the news and we read and we look around us it truly does make us want to lose our minds at times so uh join me for that and uh god's blessings be upon every one of you uh, let us depart to love and serve the lord as he has loved and served us amen